Hey, listener, we would love it if you could take a quick moment to give our podcast a review on iTunes, Spotify, or leave us a message on our Facebook or LinkedIn pages. Welcome to the Our Community Lessons Podcast. My name is Adam Salgut, and with me today is Sarah Weisbarth, Leader of Curriculum Improvement and Development for Our Community Lessons. How are you doing today, Sarah? Adam, I am doing incredibly well. I actually have been having a really fun conversation with my daughter-in-law-to-be about their wedding that they're planning in October. Yeah, you did share a little bit of that with me. It sounds like uh, they're going to have a great opportunity to uh, have a wonderful space at your place. And you're going to be doing uh, some cooking from the sound of it, too. That's, I hope, the choice that will be made. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will get there. If you didn't notice, or maybe you picked up on it, I should say, Sarah mentioned choice, and that is today's basic topic as we start talking about the power of choice and why choice is important to each one of us and how it's important to each one of us. And I'd like to start this off by talking about why it's so important to me. At a young age, I found out that I was diagnosed with a degenerative muscle disorder called Charcot-Marie-Tooth. I saw my brother, who's 16 years older, going through that. I saw at 16 years older, I could actually see, you know, how he was dealing with it and what it was like for him to deal with um, watching his hands change, feeling his muscles weaken, and just how to go through that experience. Watching him made me realize that I had a choice as to how I was going to handle it. It gave me the opportunity to look at things and learn that. I could be bitter, which I've shared this with him, so I'm not afraid to say it. I saw him be bitter more than I saw him be happy. And we always talk about how Wayne is more of a teddy bear on the inside, but you don't always know it because he's kind of gruff and grumble and grumpy on the outside. But I saw him grow up with that in his 20s while I was 12, 13, 14, and watching him deal with it. So I started to realize at an early age, I had the power to choose how I was going to deal with it, what I was going to do, and what kind of attitude I was going to bring into life as I started to experience what he was going through. It's not an easy thing to go through, and I'm not going to say that I was always optimistic because plenty of times in my 20s, you know, when things were getting worse and even older in my 30s things are continually getting difficult there are days where you're like just screw it I don't care if everybody's got to cross the bear mine sucks and I don't want to deal anymore but every morning I wake up whether I'm sore from the day before extra sore because maybe I did a lot of yard work or just spent a lot of time on my feet I always feel like I have a choice And everything that I want to do that day outweighs the choice to lie in that bed. And I think that's where Sarah's going to start talking about what our needs and values are, because there are so many things that I want to do each day that, like I said, continue to outweigh that choice to just lie there and whether it's feel pity or to just get over, you know, not have the ability to get over it 
quickly. Um, but every, every day that power of choice makes a difference to me. That's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. I want to make that choice to get up and go, get up and push. Obviously, you know, that is something that's important to me. That was a motivational word, push. So I'm going to let Sarah jump back in here and talk a little bit and reflect on my uh, short soliloquy and uh, go from there. Well, that's what I want to do first, Adam, is actually just reflect, uh, reflect back to you what sounds like a story of strength and fortitude on this side of the story, but I can imagine has been a journey of um, disappointment, um, exhaustion, um, sometimes frustration, and maybe lament, like, why, why do I have to go through this? And what I hear you saying is that you've, you've come through um, by utilizing this power of choice. That's why it's so important to you. Every time we talk about it, you, br- you bring this up um, and so willingly share it with our listeners. And I, I appreciate that greatly. It sounds like it's, it's been hard, but you're, you're choosing a different way. That's right. And frustration really is the word. Uh, frustration is the one that where you're just like, okay, this button, I can't button this button. And you just, you, you're so frustrated or you're trying to pick something up. Like spilling spaghetti is like the worst, absolute the worst, but I have a four-year-old now. So, you know, she's got little nimble fingers and she can pick things up. So she comes and picks up spaghetti when I need it. So there's little things that are unbelievably frustrating, but and they do get you, you know, like I'll still slam my fist sometimes. But if you live in a space, I feel like if I were to live in that space of constant frustration, I'm not going to be the person that I know I am on the inside. And I'm not going to be the person I know I can be for others in my life. Adam, you've um, set up some really good visuals um, for me to help our listeners understand what you're really talking about um, when you say the person I want to be on the inside. So if, if we imagine an onion, for example, like at the core of who we are at the inside of the onion, we have needs and we have values. And the next layer up from that is our attitude, our belief system, um, our thought process, the, the way we see the world. Well, that's all based on those needs and those values. The layers continue to go up, but we're going to hang out there for just a moment and utilize your story to help us all understand. You've mentioned several times, like, I can decide how I want to view the world. I get to decide if I'm going to be in a mode of pity, or I get to decide if I'm going to choose to push or even your perspective of I'm frustrated, but I can ask my four-year-old to come help me with the spaghetti. That's all because you have an attitude or a belief system that sounds like is based on a need or a value to push. I mean, I'm literally going to label your value as push. (laughs) That's my word. So yeah. And for you, that's going to mean something different than it might mean for me or our thousands of listeners but for you, it means something very specific. When you say push, you know what it looks like, you know what it feels like, you know um, your thoughts around it, you know what that is. Right. Because of that, then you have this belief system that is really inspiring. 
from that, you're going to tend to behave in a particular way. Absolutely right. And the way I mostly, and we're going to get into how it comes out differently later, but mostly is a positive way. So I'm, if something happens, you're probably not going to see me cry much or freak out too much or get too down on it. I'm going to immediately jump into, well, how do we fix it? How can I get, how can I help fix it? What do I need to ask of others to help me fix it? If I'm in that space, like my daughter or friends to move heavy cabinets um, or, you know, things like that. So I definitely look on that quicker, optimistic, positive side. And that, that is my attitude. But I, going back to learning about what I saw my brother go through, I chose, I really firmly believe since I was young, 10, 12, in those early ages, and then through my teen years, and having good support around me, it's not all my own doing, but good support around me, which includes some close friends, I chose to have that attitude. I chose to build that type of attitude. That's why I believe so much in the power of choice. It's why the three moves are important to me, because when we're met with a conflict, what are we going to do? Well, there's so many options in that choice. And you are absolutely correct. Like at the core of that onion, at the core of our needs and our values, those are all developed a blend of nature and nurture. Like some of it's like, we're just kind of born a particular way because we're created so amazing yet. And we're influenced by the environment with which we grow up in. And you were influenced by your brother. You were influenced by your support system. So all of that shaped those needs and values, which have shaped your attitude and belief system, which then shapes your behaviors. We say that every behavior is an expression of a need or a value. Everything that anyone does is serving. How do we get our needs met? And how do I live aligned with my values? I have a choice in that every day. It sounds like though you're hinting at, yeah, I, it sounds good, right? Like I have this great attitude. I've worked really hard. Uh, it's about push and strength and I can do this. And that's generally the choice that comes to you and the behavior that comes from that. But it sounds like there might be some times that that isn't necessarily the case. That's right. Yep. And I alluded to this uh, when it was happening in a few, po- few podcasts back. So if there's people out there who are really listening very close, you may remember it was a conversation that my wife and I went through. And so when you, when we break it up and we get to behavior, the behavior that I exhibit when this rears its ugly head or rears its dark side, or it's um, not, not as healthy side, the side that will create conflict, which is what happened between my wife and I, the behavior that I exhibited is judgment a really quick kind of deep judgment because of how I saw she was handling herself in the situation. And it is something that comes up between the two of us often because I, I don't like getting into this compare game because then I get into this really deep judgment space where I'm like, well, you know what? At least you're walking and at least you're not fighting to pick up these little things at least you're not struggling to stand still and all of these all of these really ugly comparisons that go through your head right for well more specifically my head the comparisons I'm bringing up are specific to what I go through but everybody has different comparisons right 
So when I get in that bad space, that negative behavior comes out and it creates major conflict between her and I, because as much as it is the reason that I am where I am with the career that I have with the fact that, you know, I'm able to support us and I've created a business that can do so and appreciate the connections I've developed as much as it has been a driving factor for me to do all of that, this idea of push, push through it, be positive. It also has that ugly side. So when I don't, when I can't curb that, or I choose not to, or I get frustrated and I, and I let it go, it creates conflict between her and I about, are you, you must think I'm lazy is what she says, or I can't, you know, I don't know why I'm not allowed to, to rest. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm not saying that you can't rest. And I'm not saying that you're lazy. I'm just stuck in my own space. This is the innate like thing that has been created inside of me now that when I see these things happening, it, I, I just, when it comes out, it's bad. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I truly believe those things. It's just because of this is the ugly side of the mentality and the personality and everything that I have formed around it. So her and I have had conversations and she has flat out said to me, sometimes I hate it. And I'm like, I get it. But if without it, I don't know where I am. So knowing that is always this opportunity to try to be better, right? We're always trying to be better, especially for our, for the ones that we're closest to. Yeah. So um, let me give you some framing. Sure. And yeah. maybe, maybe this will help you. And, and maybe this, I don't know, maybe this will help Becky. Um, we all have, okay. Some context. We all have needs and values. So just using this, this really narrow snippet into a conversation that you had with Becky, it's possible that one of her values is to rest. Okay. You know, when she says, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not allowed to rest. Okay. We're, so we're just going to use that. So maybe having some rest and some downtime and maybe taking things um, at a different pace than you're used to taking them at is important to her. Right. And we're just going to assume it and we're just going to use it as an example. And so if we look at rest and push <laughs> as individual values of two different people, we are probably not going to be aligned all of the time, all of the time. For sure. And so the lens with which, the lens at with which you're looking at the world, your onion, your needs, your values, your attitude is push. The lens with which she might be looking at the world is rest. And when we then encounter people that have different needs and values, Right. And I almost say that almost like laughingly because you can't walk out the door of your room without encountering somebody that has a different need and a value than you. You can't wake up and like answer a text without someone encountering someone that has different needs and values than you do. Yep. We all have different needs and values that are then going to shape our attitudes, which are going to shape the way we tend to behave and are going to influence the choices that we make in life. I can see what you're saying there. And I think that in some respect, yeah, rest would be a value of hers. She sees things a little bit differently when it comes to that. And the conversation that we had and what we were going through, 
it's almost ridiculous of me when I think about it a bit now. I'm like, she was, you know, 20 weeks pregnant or whatever. It's like, you need to kind of get off, get off the pedal a bit, you know, let, let it go. It's not just that. And it wasn't a big argument, but it was a conversation about, it was a conversation about me. Right. I mean, and that's what, it, that's what it came back to. So I think that that framework does help me realize that, especially in the state that she was in at that time, you know, that, that need or that value is probably much higher than let's say what it would be a year from now. Yes. And so like, let's just like expand this whole concept. Sure. So we, we've talked about this onion, we've got needs, value, shape attitudes, which shape behaviors. Every behavior is an expression of a need or a value. And we choose how to behave every minute. We don't always realize we're making a conscious choice about it, but we are choosing how to behave. Different situations and different people are going to influence that choice. Okay. So the situation that Becky's under is 21 weeks pregnant and maybe she's usually moving a little faster, but the situation is guess what? Her body is saying it is time to rest. Right. Right. And maybe the people we encounter change our choices of our behavior. I might choose to interact with my spouse differently than I would choose to maybe interact with you because of the difference in our relationship or the difference in the situation. It's so, so variable. And the thing I think I want to get really down to quickly, and then we're going to move into like the then what, is you started to hit on it when you started to use the word judgment. We see the world through our lens of our needs and our values. And so we innately create opinion about then everyone else's behaviors based on our needs and values. And that does start to get quote unquote judgy. Um, what, what, if you listen to last month's podcast about acceptance and agreement, right? Like mm-hmm. what starts to prevent then maybe problems of my lens of which I see the world and everyone else's behavior and what I think about then them or judge them about is, can I just accept people for who they are and the value with which they bring? We talked about that last month, go back and listen to it. So if I can accept that you're awesome the way you are and I'm awesome the way I am, we can then talk about, well, but this behavior right? So something that is said, felt, heard is the thing that I have the problem with, not the person. Right. Right. And that's, that's the truth. Because when I think about the conflict that we had, we don't dislike the person. We're just upset about the behavior. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So what do we do when we're, when we're (laughs) upset about the behavior, right? I mean, that's, that's the next the three moves, um, the power of choice. Yes. It's so interwoven. I think we first have to realize where is my choice coming from and get curious about where the other person's choice is coming from. Like, where is that behavior? But then if I really do have a problem with someone's behavior, I again have three choices. I can choose to accept it. I can be like, cool. You're awesome. You do you. I'm good. Right. And, and from a place of true acceptance, true acceptance. Our webinar last month talked about that. Like we can't walk through acceptance, like biting our tongue and squinting our eyes and like balling up our fists. That doesn't feel or look like acceptance to me. 
Um, so it has got to come from a point of like, you know what, I, I really am good. Like you do you and I'm, and I'm okay with where you're at. I'm okay with this. I used to have a thought in my twenties. If I saw the person twice and I still couldn't get over it, I had to talk to him about it, whatever it was. Maybe it was a particular action. Maybe it was something they said. So it was kind of this concept of like, you know, you put an, I put a number on it. This was before, before our community listens for me, it was just this idea that, you know, I, I can't move past it. So I wasn't accepting it and I had to say something. And yeah, which is um, really moving yeah. into another one of our choices, right? So now you're like, well, you know, acceptance isn't working for me. <laughs> right. So now I'm going to have a conversation about it. The idea then would be to ask for change. And I can say in my twenties, I didn't have any structure of it. I, I probably just went at it and said, you know, Hey, I didn't really appreciate what you said at that party. Or are you mad at me? It basically boiled down to most of the time things like, are you mad at me? Like no super deep context of like what they might've said specifically or what it made me feel like. It was really like this open-ended, you know, question of, are you mad at me? Which I, you know, interpersonal relationships that doesn't really lead you super far because you got to open the door, but it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always help. I'd say, Um, but talk a little bit about that asking for change. I mean, we, if you want to get into the structure of how to approach that. Yeah. So you really actually started it, you know, with the knowledge that you have now reflecting back on that situation, right? I didn't appreciate that thing you said to me at the party right? Is, and it has me wondering if you're mad at me, is essentially a confrontation message where we have some sort of feeling and behavior and the impact of that behavior crafted into an opening for a conversation. You, you really said it. Um, the exciting thing to forecast for our listeners is that getting into the rest of this calendar year, we're going we're gonna to dissect every last aspect of how do we go into confrontation. Um, the thing I want us to remember here is just one of our choices. Like if I have a problem with someone's behavior, I can choose to say this behavior, we need to talk about it. And they may or may not change. You know, you said you're asking for change and someone may or may not change. And so if they don't, I have other choices to move into. So if you haven't accepted it and you ask for change and maybe you talk to them about it, if there's depending on how the conversation goes, or maybe before those two things, before you move into asking them for change, you could always, I suppose, change the situation, right? That's our third option, change the situation. Yes. So that is our third choice. And I think in a past podcast, we've really dissected these choices quite well as, as well. That was a lot of wells, Uh, (laughs) where they don't have to go in order. Okay, so we always start talking about acceptance because I mean, first is like, am I okay with this behavior or not? If I'm not okay with the behavior, then I can choose to change. I can change the situation. Right. So if going to your party in your 20s and someone's saying something that you don't like, you can choose to leave the party. Yep, leave the party, leave the room, whatever it might be. Yeah, you, you have lots of options. You can just move to a different conversation. You could, I don't know, put your earbuds in and not listen to them. I mean, we can find ways to change the situation if we're not okay with the behavior, but we can also then choose to ask for change. So uh, like we have three things, accept the behavior, choose that it's okay in based on your needs and values, what's okay with you, what's not okay with you. You can ask for change or you can change the situation. 
they don't happen in order and they're not cemented in stone. Meaning the results of them can be different, all kinds of different solutions, all kinds of different things. Like you could ask for change, really get no change and then eventually find your way back to, well, I guess I can truly accept this because they've tried or we've at least talked about it. So now I feel better about it. So in our webinar coming this month, you're going to see this really awesome flow chart where it starts out with, there's a behavior that I have a problem with. Can I accept that behavior? Yes or no. Right. Okay. So if we choose no, all right, well, can I change the situation or ask for change? Right. Okay. So maybe I asked for change. Did the behavior change? Yes or no. <laughs> like, if it's yes, cool. I'm all set. If it's no, like, hmm. Maybe we fly back up and ask for change again, or maybe I go back to, can I accept the situation? Yes or no. Like there's, it's not linear. It's not clean and simple. Sorry. Like that's always my message of hope. Like I can teach y'all a lot of stuff, but it takes effort and work and it takes awareness about who we are, right? Where are my choices coming from? And then it takes a willingness to say, if I'm not okay with someone else's behavior, what choice do I have there as well? You touched on something about awareness as of who we are. I think that's one of the biggest things that has kind of stepping back to my personal example. One of the biggest things that since I was young, knowing what I was going to go through, seeing it, like I said, in front of my brother, it was like seeing myself, what I was potentially going to be in 15, 16 years. So I think it built a pretty big sense of knowing who I am and, and what to do and how to move through it, how to navigate through that. Well, quite frankly, Adam, you can't change your situation. Yeah. You have a debilitating disease. Now you can change some of the situations that that debilitating disease puts you in. Right. You can ask your four-year-old to pick up the spaghetti strands off the floor. When you can't, you can ask for help to button a button. But fundamentally, that is something that's out of your control. And so that option at base level is off the table for you. So your option is to accept and then ask for help, which in my mind is like kind of changing your situation or like asking for change of the people around you. Hey, I need help. I need your behavior to pick up the spaghetti off the floor. Right. It's a really good point, honestly, because uh, you're right. When you can't change things, it's, we've talked about this too, about how I have a pretty high level of acceptance and it boils, you know, it really trails back to the idea of like, well, I can't change my disability. So when things are put in front of me, I have this pretty high, like flip the switch, accept it, let's move on. And I've talked about how that is so different from my wife, for example, who's just, it takes time for her to process. And I said it then, I'll say it now, it doesn't make her wrong and it doesn't make me better and it doesn't make her better or me wrong. It's just that we're different people and we process it differently and it, and it takes time. I learned a little bit more about what that acceptance of change is like when um, we're having our third kiddo and they were unexpected. So it wasn't a flip of the switch for this acceptance for me. It took me a few weeks to, the wrong word is 
the wrong words or be okay with it is really the wrong words. It's really just for me to mentally step through what is going to change in our world. And now I got to accept those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore it, it took me a few weeks to do that. And so it really brought a lot of perspective to, to feel what my wife has gone through when it's other things in her life. School was the example I brought up in the past with, you know, confrontation with someone and where I'm just like, well, you know, you just blah, 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 and you blah, 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 and you're done, you know, get over it, move on, get, you know, and for her, she said the exact same thing that I was saying in my head, but she said it two weeks later. I remember it very specifically on a bike ride. She's telling me about it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's where I was two weeks ago. I also was not going through the situation personally. So it's a bit different. And I know that, but this time around with our third kiddo coming into the world, it took me a few weeks and it really made me, you know, reflect a bit on what she must go through and what it's like to go through more impactful things like that, that uh, take her time to absorb, to accept and to find her solution for. So it's been a good experience. Oh, I'm glad to hear you like step back and be like, so that's, that's what it's like for her because her ability to, um, I don't know, process change or, um, even just kind of think through like, what is her choice? Like, what do I want to do about this situation? We had a, um, participant in one of our classes when we talk about those three moves, acceptance, um, adjust the circumstances or situation or ask for change, say that in the space between those options is the assess. Right. There's times I'm not acting on one of those three moves or one of those choices because I'm like, I don't know, like, can I accept this? How do I really feel about this? Well, what if I do ask for change? Is is it likely going to change? Well, it's certainly not going to change if I don't ask for change, but (laughs) what can I do to change? Right. Like I'm just like moving through mentally all of those three, three options. And so I'm kind of in that assessment phase. Um, Some people move through that phase faster than others. I think that's exactly what I'm talking about and putting a word on it like assessment is makes a lot of sense to me because yeah, my assessment is typically quick and the idea of, and it doesn't mean that the actions have to come quickly, but it's, it's kind of like the resolution at least comes quicker in my head, but yeah, the assessment for her is much more in, in depth or, you know, roll over it over and over and over again kind of thing. And, and that's, it's fine. It's, it's, what she processes, how she processes, I should say. Well, and you're assessing through the lens of your needs and values, and she's assessing it through the lens of her needs and values, and the billions of people on the face of the earth are assessing everything through the lens of their needs and values. I feel like this podcast is like uh, Adam's self-help, but honestly, like you saying that points out so many things because her one of her biggest needs and values is not to have people like her, but to have people be happy with the work that she's doing. It's important to her to be successful in front of her boss Mm -hmm. and to get that feedback where I need that feedback much less frequently. I feel like I'm okay with it. And therefore I'm just going to keep moving forward. So like my space, my lens is completely different. I'm not driving and looking at a lens through like, waiting for approval or waiting for that um attaboy is all you know not that she needs to be patted on the back all the time it's just you know she's looking for a little bit more confirmation that she's doing things correctly 
-hmm. and and I'm kind of like, well, they're going to tell me if I'm not. And then maybe three months from now, I need to know that I was doing things correctly. Like it's, it's not as frequent, but it's really interesting thinking about these lenses. So I hope as you, as the listeners are hearing me come to these realizations, I hope you're doing the same as well. I, I hope that you're taking the time to think about conflicts or just people in your life or yourself and what you're going through and the lenses that you might be looking looking through things at compared to others. And there's obviously a lot of different large scale world topics right now that we could delve into and if we wanted to talk about those kinds of things. But just keep that in mind when, you know, November's rolling around and, you know, we're voting for a new president or all of the movements that are happening in our world and, and dealing with a pandemic. And so think about these lenses think about how people are trying to get through day to day and how it looks different for them than it does for you oh my gosh spot on adam spot on well sarah today's topic and conversation has really meant a lot to me and i hope that the listeners out there like i just mentioned take the opportunity to see how it applies to themselves but in order to help them, can you boil down three key takeaways for them to think about as we finish up the podcast? I'm happy to, Adam. Um, so much there. I, I would say, first, we have to realize that every behavior that we have or someone else has is an expression of a need or a value. So start to get curious. Get curious about your own needs and values. Get curious about what's happening for other people and recognize that we're all coming at life through our own lens of what is important to us. Knowing that, recognizing that if then we do have a problem with someone's behavior, something we want to address, we have some options and we can choose to accept, we can choose to change the situation, or we can choose to ask for change. And I think in all of it, the key to remember is that we get to choose. I have the power to choose. Life is full of choices. I can choose how I want to be. I can choose my behaviors. And if I have a problem with someone else's, I can choose how I want to deal with them. The power of choice. Absolutely. Sarah, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today and to uh, share some knowledge with our listeners. Always a pleasure, Adam. If you have any suggestions about subjects for our podcast, feel free to reach out through our Facebook page. And if you're interested in taking a class, visit ourcommunitylistens.org. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. And don't forget, each word, each action, each silent moment of listening sends a message. Therefore, you are the message.